I said, we was running behind as usual. Told Tiffany come down the road. I said, I'm glad some of our church people will be there. They'll be calming them down, telling them, it's all right. It's, y'all, he'll be here. He'll be a few minutes late or either right on time. It's good to be with you tonight. Um, I appreciate the opportunity to come and, and just be in service with you. Um, I know that's, uh, that's what, we're, what we're to do. You know, we may be from different churches, but we all are serving the same Savior today. You know, and it don't matter uh, uh, where we come from or, or how far we live, we still know who Jesus is, and that's all that matters. You know, and if we know who he is, then we, we know the, the one who can do it all, don't we? Uh, we live in a world that uh, is just a mess right now, um, but we still serve a Savior who's got it all under control. And um, I think I got, I think I'm on, I flipped it on, I guess it come on. But uh, if you will this evening, go over with me um, to the book of Genesis. You don't have far to go. Genesis chapter 25 is where we're going to be, um, starting about verse 19. Um, I feel in my heart that the Lord sent me, uh, sent me here. I know that uh, when the brother called and we set up for me to come here tonight, I know it wasn't by coincidence. I believe with all my heart God has set it up. Um, and I do want to thank each one from out at East Bristol at our church for coming out and being with us tonight. Uh, it's a blessing to me to know that you're here. Um, even though I was running running late, I I've seen you seen you. I know you I know you made it. So I appreciate you each one of you being being here and coming out. And, um, let's just get together tonight and let's just worship the Lord. Uh, I don't know about you, but I came here to leave different than I I came in. You know, I came here to get something. I came here to receive something from the Lord. Um, but Genesis chapter 25, starting in verse 19, um, if you want to, just stand to your feet for a few minutes. I'll give you a chance to uh, stretch your feet uh, before I put you to sleep. <clears throat> so stretch, you, stretch your feet for just a minute. And uh, we're just going to read a few verses here. I'm not going to keep you standing too long. <clears throat> Genesis 25, starting in 19. It says, These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. I want you to, to, to take note of that. It says, And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. The one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over, like an hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. Our mighty God, as we come to you again tonight, I want to thank you, Lord, for just who you are. I want to thank you for your word, God, and for everything that you've given us. I want to just ask tonight, Lord, that as always, you'll just remove me out of the way. And God, you'll just step in and you'll give us all the message that we need. Lord, I know without a doubt, God, that you uh, uh, don't do anything by accident. Lord, everything you do is for a reason, for a purpose. And God, I know you've got here, everyone here, Lord, that needs to be here tonight. 
Lord, may our hearts and minds be centered and focused on you. And God, may we leave here different than the way we came in. And we ask these things in your name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. So the Lord just led me here to this scripture. I was thinking about a subject before I even uh, come to this scripture. Uh, But I want to bring you a little bit. I want you to imagine Rebecca here and what she was going through. You know, we didn't have, uh, back in this day and time, they didn't have the technology that they do today. They couldn't do an ultrasound and look in there and see that they was two babies. They couldn't see that there was two twins in there. And the Bible says that they struggled. The children struggled together within her. I mean, you all ladies that's had a, had a child, you know that feeling um, of when that baby starts moving around and, uh, and, and, and when uh, they start growing as they start getting bigger. But could you imagine, maybe some of you may have had twins. Um, but you, could you imagine what she was feeling here? And she didn't know. But it goes on and, and it talks about how they were born here. And this is the birth, this records the birth of, of Jacob and Esau. And a lot of you, I'm sure, are familiar with them. You're familiar with their life and, and all the things that they went through, but how that, that God used them in different ways. God uh, turned them different directions. He told them there that there were two nations in a room. But there was a struggle that went on with these two brothers, these two twins. You can read all through it um, about all their lives. There was a struggle. It even started here while they was in their mother's womb. There was a struggle. And with God's help, that's what I want to ask you tonight, is are you struggling? I don't believe there's a person in here tonight that's not struggling, probably in some form or some fashion. You know, we all have struggles. We all have things, loads that we're carrying. Um, We all have problems that we're facing, whether it be a health issue, um, whether it be a, a problem going on within your family, maybe it'd be a problem going on at your work, at your job, maybe it's a problem going on in your church. Maybe it's a problem going on in uh, uh, your home where you live. Um, you know, I thought as God was giving me this, I thought about you all at, at Shiloh as you're in search for a pastor. You know how that, that can be a struggle. That can be hard. Uh, you know, I know of several pastors, uh, several churches, uh, I mean, that are without pastors and it's a struggle. It's a struggle sometimes to find, um, uh, but I know with all my heart that God's faithful. You know, and God's going to put that, that man here that needs to be here, and God's going to provide that need. Um, but we, when we think of the word struggle, oftentimes, you know, we, we look at it as an awful thing. We look at it as a bad thing. And don't get me wrong, struggling's not fun. Struggling's hard. You know, I feel like that I struggle most days, probably six out of uh, seven days, if not seven out of seven. You know, sometimes I struggle in my mind. Sometimes I struggle within my body sometimes. I struggle with those around me sometimes. Um, But I'm thankful to know that the Bible tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and powers, and we know who the enemy is. And, you know, that's what we need to keep in mind as God's people. Uh, The enemy's not each other. Uh, The enemy is Satan himself. Uh, And we need to remember who the enemy is, and we need to to fight the enemy instead of fighting amongst each other. But the struggle today is real. We all have a struggle that we're going through. But I want you to listen to something. I looked up the word struggle in the dictionary. I'm not the brightest crayon in the box, as they say, so I use the dictionary a lot. I like to know the definition and go deep in what these words mean. And the word struggle, by definition, we, we know what it means in our walk of life. You know, you know yourself what you're going through or what you're facing or what you would say that you're struggling with. Um, But by the definition, let's take it as what it is tonight. And I want you to listen to what it says. 
It says to make strenuous or violent efforts in the face of difficulties or opposition. It goes on and said to proceed with difficulty or with great effort. A violent effort or exertion, an act of strongly motivated striving. Yes, struggle is not easy. But by this definition here, struggle is not as bad as we make it out to be. There's some things that we can learn in our struggles. There's some things that God can do in us in our struggles. The definition, the first one said to make strenuous or violent efforts in the face of difficulties or opposition. You know what struggle does sometimes? Struggle, it, it, it pushes us to be better. It pushes us to, to be who God wants us to be. Maybe it pushes us out of our comfort zone. You know, us as Christians, if we're all honest, a lot of times we get comfortable right where we're at. A lot of times we get warm and it gets cozy right where we're at. You know, we got wintertime coming, Lord willing. I tell you, there's nothing rougher than that alarm clock going off in the morning time and you got to get out from under them covers and got to go out in that cold air to start your vehicle. You know, church, we get comfortable. But the thing is, is, and we were talking about it this morning in church, God gave me a message about change. You know, how that, that being a child of God, you know, change has to take place. Change has to take place sometimes in our lives. We've got to allow God to move us and God to change us into who He wants us to be. But us as Christians, if we'd be honest, we, we get comfortable. Even us, as we could say today, as even if we wanted to go into the denomination of Baptists, you know, we can get very comfortable. Us as Baptists, we sit and we think, well, I'm, I'm warming up this pew. I'm doing a good job. But is that really what God wants you to do? You know, it's more than just warming up a pew. Hey, it looks good. Hey, I'm thankful that you're here. God's glad that you're here. But God wants more than that. You know, there's more to a walk of Christ than just coming in church and sitting on the pew. And I'm glad of that tonight, church. I'm glad that God can be with me in the morning, in the evening, in the noontime. He can be with me all day long. He can be with me seven days a week, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. I'm glad I serve a God who's with me all the time. I don't have to wait till I'm in church for Him to visit with Him. I tell you what, I drive a truck for a living and I couldn't tell you how many prayer meetings I've had just in the truck. Just me and God. Just the shouting and raising my hand and praising God. Everybody around me probably thinks I'm crazy, but I don't care at this point because I serve a God who's alive today. And I'm glad that He's alive and He's living inside of our heart. But we all are facing struggles today. Let's get real today. Let's let, you know, we come to church a lot of times and we, we dress up and we put on a smile and we look good to everybody else, but let's be honest. Let's get real. Let's get down where the rubber meets the road. We all are struggling tonight, church. But I'm thankful for one who can help us in our struggles, and his name's Jesus. But we're all struggling. Just like Jacob and Esau, they start, their struggle started even before they, they come out of their mother's womb. You know, we face struggles every day. Um, every area of our lives, we face things, we go through things, we face hardships, we face hard times, we face things that we don't understand. But by the definition of that word struggle, I see a lot of things right here. You know, it, it talks about great effort, and it talks about motivated, talks about striving. And there's three things with God's help that I want to touch on tonight that the struggle can do for us. And number one... I believe today that the struggle, it pushes us. The struggle will push us, I guess, out of our comfort zone in a way. 
The struggle will push us out of just warming that church pew and realize that, that God's got more for us. Do you realize today that the Bible tells us that, that, uh, uh, that God ha has more for us than a lot of us are getting? Do you realize the Bible says that, that He has a storehouse of blessings? You realize the Bible says He said uh, uh, that He would pour His Spirit out upon us? He said that we wouldn't be able to contain it? I believe today that God has more for us today. And I believe if we're all honest that, that we're probably missing out on some of what God has for us. And it may simply be because we're, we're feeling sorry for ourselves in the struggle. Or maybe we got our head hung low and we can't see the blessings of God because we're looking too far down to realize and see how much He's really blessing us. So the struggle sometimes gives us a push. It gives us a push to keep on going. Because I don't know about you, but if I sit down long enough and get comfortable, this old boy's going to be out. I'm going to be seeing stars. I'm going to be counting sheep or whatever it is that you say. We'll sit around at home sometimes and the kids and my wife, they'll want to uh, watch a movie. Well, I turn it on and I might get five minutes of it and I'm usually pretty much out. I tell you what, I, I, a few, few months ago, uh, one of Silas's buddy come and stayed with us at the house and uh, Tiffany, Tiffany went on to bed with the baby. She was asleep. She was tired, so she went on to bed. And my job was to watch the boys. Silas is six. Uh, the other boy, he's six. They're both in the same grade. And that was my job was to watch the boys. <clears throat> well, y'all can probably guess what happened. Boy, I came back there on the couch, and I got comfortable. Next thing I knew, I felt something hit me. And I thought, Mike, what is that? Come to... Both of them had Nerf guns fully loaded. <laughs> Buddy, they was letting them loose all over me. I, needless to say, I woke up after that. I didn't, I didn't go to sleep no more. But you see, that's what happens when we sit down and we get comfortable. We fall asleep. And I believe the devil has a lot of Christians. Now, I say Christians. You may think I'm wrong. You may get mad at me, but I believe it's the truth. I believe the devil has a lot of Christians right where he wants them at. If he's got them sitting still and got them comfortable, and if he's got them asleep, guess what? They ain't doing what God wants them to do, so he's got you right where he wants you. As long as, you're, as, long as everything's going fine, and as long as you're not uh, uh, sharing the gospel, and as long as you're not getting closer to Jesus, you know, the devil's all right with that. He's all right with you being in the comfort zone. He's all right with you being there. So, so why do struggles come? What can we benefit from struggles? I believe, first of all, they can push us out of that comfort zone. For me that night, that push out of my comfort zone was them boys hitting me with them Nerf darts. And I tell you what, if you ain't been around them things in a while, they've come a long ways than what they used to be. Them things can hurt. They can put eyes out. They can make whelps on you. They got some technology now. Them things can shoot. But you see, that push, was it woke me up that night. And maybe God has to send things along our ways to wake us up every once in a while. Maybe... Uh, maybe, just maybe, I know I'm not saying that, that God brought it on, but maybe some of this that we're going through right now, maybe some of this virus, I'm not saying God brought it, but I'm saying maybe God's using it to try to wake us up a little bit, church. I know, uh, uh, ain't you thankful to God that we're still able to gather in church? 
I mean, you can look back a little bit over a year ago, maybe a year and a half. Uh, we were all doing virtual. We went sitting in God's house. And that's something to thank God for, that we're here right now tonight in church. Uh, and we, we can praise Him together. You may say, some people say it ain't important, but I disagree. You ain't going to convince me any different. It's, it makes a difference when we can come together. It ain't the same in watching it online or on the Internet or, or, or over the TV or wherever you watch it from. Church, it's important that we come together. And it's important that we worship together. And I'm glad to be in church. I'm glad to be in here, a physical church, where we're here sitting and I can see you smiling faces and I can see the fact that you're here and you're ready to receive something from the Lord. That's a blessing tonight. But you know, maybe God, you know, I know through that He he gave me a new appreciation of church. You know, because we get stuck in a rut sometimes. We think, oh, I got to go down to church again like it's some kind of effort. When we really ought to come rejoicing, we ought to come high-stepping knowing, hey, I get to go to church. I get to go hear about Jesus. I get to go worship Jesus. You know, there's a lot of people in a lot of countries and stuff today that would love to be able to gather like we are here tonight. And I tell you what, it's a blessing tonight. This is a good crowd, especially for a Sunday night for a church. I th- that's a blessing to see each one of you here. Y'all just hang in there, each one of you. I know y'all are, y'all are facing a journey here. It's a journey that that you all as a church, y'all have been through before. Y'all know it's a tough journey. Uh, It's a struggle. But what does the struggle do? It'll push you. It'll push you. Um, I don't even know who this guy is, but I I seen this quote. It popped up as I was looking in this message a little bit. And this dude's name's Mark Manson. And he said, our struggles determine our successes. Boy, and that hit me when I read that. Our struggles determine our successes. If we want success, then we're going to have to go through some struggle. But here's the problem. We want the success without the struggle. We want the mountaintop without going through the valley first. We want to rejoice without, without mourning every once in a while. Our struggles are going to determine our successes. And you know what? Our struggles will make our successes so much sweeter. When we look back and we see where God brought us from, we see the valley that he brought us through, we see the trouble that he brought us through on the other side and we're on the mountaintop, we can wave our hands and just praise God for where he's brought us from. Church, today we got a lot to thank him for. The Bible tells us in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 16 and 18, It says, for this cause we faint not. Why do we not faint? Because we have a Savior. (laughs) We have a Savior named Jesus who's there with us. He said, for this cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. (laughs) I tell you what, a lot of times this outward man gets weak. A lot of times this outward man, he gets, if I'm going to be honest, he gets lazy. But I'm thankful there's an inward man. There's a Holy Spirit that He's given us that gets renewed. The Bible says here it's renewed day by day. It says, for our light affliction which is but for a moment. Now think about that. What you're going through, your struggle. The Bible says here it's but for a moment. Worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You may say, what in the world that means? That means what you're going through, it ain't even going to compare what God has in store for his people. That struggle that you're going through today, it ain't going to compare to the glory that you're going to receive in heaven if you hang on. 
Church, we're all struggling, but we just got to keep hanging on. I've been there where you're at. I've been through. You may feel like you're just hanging on by a thread. That's all right. You just keep hanging on. God won't let you fall. As long as you're hanging on to Him, God ain't going to let you fall. The problem where we, we run into trouble is when we let go. We let go. But when we hang on, God's going to be there to catch us. Even though our grip might slip, His grip will never slip. We're talking about a man named Jesus who took the cross and he took those nails for you and me. Don't you think for a second. The Bible tells us in the Old Testament he told the people of Israel, he said, for I've carved you. I've carved your name in the palm of my hands. We have a Savior who knows where we're at. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we're facing. He knows where we've been. He knows where we should be. And thank God he has mercy to get us wherever it is that we're going. And he's got grace to get us there. He's got strength to get us through our struggles. He's got a, a place in heaven that he's prepared for us that we know that we're going to receive one of these days you know that's something we need to remember about our struggles is they're temporary they're not going to last forever but he said that our light affliction which is but for a moment worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory that that light suffering now 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 catch the the words that he uses here he said our light affliction when he was talking about the affliction, he called it light. But when he's talking about the glory, he called it a weight. A weight of glory. I'd rather have the weight. I'd rather go through, I can go through the light. And you may say, well, you don't know what I'm going through. You're, you're demeaning. No, I'm not demeaning you. I know that some of y'all probably are going through things. You probably face things that I couldn't imagine. But I knew no one thing. The Bible says, I have not seen, ears not heard, neither hath entered in the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And I know that no matter what it is you're facing through, God's got something better. No matter what you're going through, I serve a God who's bigger. No matter what problem you're facing, I serve a God who has an answer tonight, church. And we can rejoice in the fact of knowing that he has the answer. He is the answer. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So no matter what your struggle is, no matter what your circumstances, circumstance is no matter what your problem is today God's always going to be bigger and he's always going to get you through to the other side if you just trust in him you know I find it in a way almost comical when you read in the Bible and you read those couple instances there uh, where the disciples were caught out um, in the middle of the ocean or in the middle of the sea and the storm came you know they, they found themselves fearful you know, they come to Jesus uh, uh, that one time, you know, and they asked Jesus, he was down the bottom of the ship asleep, and they said, well, do you not care that we perish? Jesus didn't have no worries. And the Bible says, what did he do? He went up to the top of the ship and he rebuked the winds. And the winds, they just calmed down. You know, my friend, when we, when we got Jesus on our side, what do we really have to fear? Because he's bigger than anything that we face. You know, he told his disciples there in another place when he told them to get into a ship, he said, I'll, I'll meet you on the other side. You know, these disciples, my friend, uh, they were scared, they were worried because the storm came. What they didn't realize is Jesus would have never let them out on the ship if he wasn't intended on getting them to the other side. Let me tell you something for just a second, church. God would never would have come and he never would have died and he never would have sent his son so that we could be saved if he wouldn't intended on getting us all the way through. I believe today that greater is he that's in us all than he that's in the world. And church, if we'll keep our heads up and we'll keep our eyes on Jesus, we're going to make it through this 
this thing and we're going to look back one of these days when we're on the shores of glory and we're going to be able to lift our hands up and rejoice in the fact of knowing that we made it through in the fact that knowing that he was with us every step of the way and we'll be glad that we didn't give up when the struggle got hard we'll be glad that we didn't throw in the towel when the devil tried to get us to and we can rejoice in the fact of knowing that we've made it and it's going to be worth it one of these days church but we can rejoice into that fact. Now let me, you know, let me tell you that. Just think about that. You look at the children of Israel. I find it kind of comical with them. You know the story how God brought them across the Red Sea. And I talk about this a lot. But man, this just, I feel like that it just relates so much to us as humans. You know, we try to look at the children of Israel or uh, maybe we look at Peter. Maybe we look at Judas and some of those people in the Bible. Maybe we look down on them. But really, we ain't no different than they are. But the children of Israel... God brought them across the Red Sea, didn't he? You remember that? How that God parted, he used Moses, and he parted the Red Sea, and they went across on dry ground. Well, you read there, not very long after that, they got hungry. Any of you ever get hangry? Whoo, I'm telling you what. That's bad when you get hangry. I got one. He's six, but I'm telling you what, when he gets hangry, it's bad. As soon as you can get a chicken leg or something in his mouth, you better do it. Or you're going to face the consequences. But I can see them out there in the wilderness. They got hangry. They was hungry. They were tired. And what did they begin to do? They began to complain. They began to say, well, Moses, what would you do? Did you and God just lead us out here because there was too many of us and there weren't enough graves in Egypt, so you just brought us out here so we could die, so you could bury us? Now, I want you to think about that for a second. Why in the world... Would God done all he done to brought them across that Red Sea? Why, why wouldn't he just let, it, let them die right there if he's going to kill them? <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you tonight, church, is if God would have never brought you this far if he didn't intend on taking you the rest of the way through. So just hold on and just praise him through the struggle. Just praise him through the journey tonight because he's going to see you through all the way. You know, we get caught up in our circumstances, don't we? We get caught up in our struggles. I'm just as guilty as the next person. Don't think I'm casting any stones. But we get caught up in me, 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 I, I, I. When in reality, you know as well as I do, you can always look and somebody's usually in worse shape than you are. But we all are going through the struggle. But the struggle pushes us. It pushes us to keep going. You know, I don't know about you, but I like a good competition. I'm competitive. You know, I grew up uh, playing sports. I like sports. And there's something about when, when the stakes are the highest that kind of drives you to work even harder. You know, when everything's going good and you're winning the game by 50 points, then it really don't drive you that much, does it? But when it's on the line, and maybe that last play is what it's going to take to win or lose the game, I guarantee you'll give all that you got. Let me tell you something tonight, church. I believe that this thing's winding down. And I believe in spiritual sense, I believe we may be down to the very last play. And us as God's people, it's not time to slack up. And it's not time to slow down. We ought to give it all that we got today, church. We ought to tell everybody that we can about this wonderful man named Jesus. And we ought to shine our light for Jesus. I'm not telling you to uh, blow up Facebook and blow up everybody you see and tell them that, that my opinion's right and everybody else's is wrong. No, because I want you to tell them about a man named Jesus who's always been right and he'll never be wrong. Everybody's got an opinion, but there's only one that's truly right, and it's God. And church, that's what we need to lean on. Instead of fighting and fussing amongst each other about uh, who's right and who's wrong uh, in the political party and then making this decision, that decision, we need to come to the conclusion that 
God's the only one that can help us. So the struggle will push us. And he goes on in that verse, in verse 18, and he said, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. You know, that struggle is before us, and that's all we see sometimes, isn't it? Um, that health issue, or, or that financial burden, or that person that just gets on our nerves so bad that we can't stand it. That's all we see sometimes, those things which are in front of us. But he said, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. You know what's not seen a lot of times? We see this trial and the struggle and how big it is, and we forget how much bigger God is who's right there all along standing with us. I'm guilty just as anyone. We focused on our circumstances more than we focus on the God who's over our circumstances. In church, that's who we need to look to. But he said, we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. You know, that health issue, that financial issue, whatever it is that you're going through, that struggle, it's temporary. Those things which are seen are temporary. But he said, but the things which are not seen are eternal. <laughs> the grace of God is something that Satan can't take away from me. The mercy of God, the strength that God gives me when I'm weak, that's something the devil can't do a thing about. In church, that's what we need to hold on to. But instead, we all do it. We focus on what is seen. We focus on that thing that that person did that hurt me so bad. Or we focus on uh, uh, that, that dollar that I need to pay that next bill instead of realizing the, the Bible where he said, my grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient with us. And you forget about, you know, when you, if you're worried about money, um, a man named Jesus, uh, he brought money out of a fish's mouth. Look that up. If you don't know where it's at, it's in the Scripture. He's going to pay their taxes. And they come to Jesus. He said, just go down there and catch you a fish. He said, open up its mouth and the money will be there. I tell you what, we serve an all-sufficient God. <laughs> we serve an almighty God who will provide any need, big or small. Uh, uh, and no matter what it is, he'll provide any need. So in our struggle, the best thing we can do is look to Him. Don't you agree tonight, church? The best thing we can do is look to Him instead of looking at where we're at. But us as humans, we do this. We, we look at it. Why do we do it? Um, because we're flesh. But what do we need? We need more of God's grace, and we need more of God's strength to get us through. So he said, those things which are not seen are eternal. The eternal things that we've been given is something that is going to last forever. But a lot of things that we face down here that we think we just can't live without and we just can't get away from, um, they're going to pass away one of these days. You know, you ever, you ever had something, and I, I got a bad habit of this. My wife, she keeps me in line. <clears throat> I believe that's why God called me. Uh, 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 you know, a lot of people look at, at pastors and, and preachers and they think that God called them because they're, they're, you know, there's something about them. I believe God called me to be a preacher and a pastor because he knew that I need all kinds of people around me to keep me in line. I really believe that's, that's what it is. And my, my wife, bless her heart, I thank God that she's here with us tonight. And our little Easton and Silas. Uh, thank God for my family. He's blessed me so much. So much more than I could ever deserve. But sometimes I get something on my mind. I like to hunt. Getting back into it. I kind of got out of it when we first got married, but trying to get back into it, I think... She's kind of pushing me out of the house. You know how it is. When you first get married, you're like, oh, yeah, we want to be together. And then after, after a little while, it's like, just get out of the house and do something. Anyways, 
I'll get something on my mind that I want to buy. Brother Marty, I think I have to have that. Boy, I can't wait till tomorrow. It's on, but it's on sale right now, honey. I got to have it. I got to have it. When down the road, knowing probably when Christmas time comes, it'll probably be a lot better sale than what it is right now. But let's not talk about that. I didn't mention it. But anyways, you got to have it. You just got to have it. But what happens as time goes on? That old urge and that old, that old spree, it'll kind of dwell away. And I realize I didn't really need that as bad as I thought I did. And you know, church, that's how it is in life. Some things we think we just got to have. But God knows better. God knows better. He knows what we truly need. But church, that's what happens. Is, and we get caught up just like I do. I get caught up in that material thing that I just have to have. And, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, those things will consume us. And they'll take our joy away. Those things will, will rob us of the blessings that God has right in front of us. Because we're too focused on what we think we can't live without. In reality, what we can't live without is we can't live a day without the mighty hand of God helping us through this journey. We can't live a day without God there with us and His grace and His strength and His mercy there with us every single day. Let's not for forsake what He has for us because we're too caught up in the struggle. Let's remember the one who can free us from the struggle. So secondly, what the struggle can do is it can strengthen us. It can strengthen us. I believe we all could collectively agree tonight that we need strength. We get weak. These old bodies get tired. We get tired of fighting sometimes. But what the struggle does, that may seem ironic, but it's true. The struggle oftentimes wears us out, but at the same time, the struggle will strengthen us also. You might say, how in the world could it do that? Well, because it gives us a good reminder. Philippians 4.13, I'm sure you all know it. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Who does the strengthening? It ain't me. It ain't how much I go to the gym. And you can see I don't go to the gym. But, church, the fact is, is it's in Christ who gives us the strength. It's Christ who does the strengthening. It's Christ who does the sustaining. It's Christ who sometimes allows the struggles to come so that He can strengthen us. Not only He wants to strengthen us more uh, physically today, more than physically, He wants to strengthen us spiritually today so that we can be stronger to fight this good fight of faith. A lot of people miss over that. You know, we've been doing a study on Wednesdays at our church about fighting the good fight of faith, about the fight. You know, we want to look over that sometimes. But that's what Paul said, didn't he? Ain't that the word? He said, fight the good fight of faith. He didn't say skip through the tulips and just pass on. He said, fight it. That tells me that there's a fight that's got to take place. We're fighting a fight today. I'm glad, but I'm glad to know I'm on the winning side, ain't you? I'm glad to know who the victor is. <laughs> I'm glad to know what it says. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. We know who the victor is and his name's Jesus. But I'm glad I'm on the winning side, but this is a fight today, church. But it strengthens us. But it's Christ that does the strengthening. He allows those struggles so that we can be strengthened. The Bible says, I, I mentioned it earlier, but I'll read the whole thing. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This is Paul talking. He said, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient. This is Jesus talking to Paul. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. You want strength that's out of this world? You become weak first. You may say, well, that don't make no sense. 
you become weak in a sense that you're depending on God and not yourself. That's where we run into trouble tonight. That's where I run into trouble because I think I pull up my britches and I tuck my shirt in and I act like I can take care of this. You know what it does? It gets me in a mess. But here's the thing. Is we need God to do the strengthening. We need God to do the fixing. We need God to do the helping today. We want to get our hands in it. And we want to piddle with something. You know, I was the type of kid uh, that I wanted to know how stuff worked. A lot of times that would get me in trouble because I'd take it apart and I couldn't figure out how to get it back together. That would get me in trouble a lot of times. But that's what we do, ain't it? Sometimes we want to pick things apart and then we've got stuff scattered everywhere. But I'm glad we have a Heavenly Father who can bring it all back together and fix it, ain't you? Even though we make a mess out of things, we have a Savior who can fix it. He can fix whatever the problem is, whatever the circumstance is. But he said... My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now think about that. He said it's made perfect. He didn't say my strength will be, you know, it'll be so-so. He said it's perfect. It's made perfect in weakness. When the moment we become weak, that's when Christ can become strong in our lives. So the struggle can make us strong. And he goes on and he says, Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I don't know about you, but I'd rather face trouble in this world down here and have Christ's power and His Spirit guiding me through this life than to go through this walk of life and never have a trouble in the world. You know why? You know why I would? Because there's nothing like the power of Christ. There's nothing like Christ being in your life. There's nothing like His Spirit filling you up. There's nothing like Him coming by when you're down and out and sending a word that just lifts you up, that sends you some peace when it seems like there's no peace to be found, that sends you some love when you just want to just get even with somebody, when Jesus will come by and he'll fill your heart with love and you can't help but just love them and forgive them for who they are. Because I said it this morning, and I'll say it again, a lot of us, we say that people's hard to deal with. Well, you know, we need to look at ourselves too because we're hard to deal with. It ain't just people, it's us. It's me, it's you. We're all hard to deal with sometimes. That's why we need more grace. He said, but I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'd rather be like old Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and be heading in the fiery furnace and to know God's with me than to be walking down the street and not have God by my side. I'd rather be like old Daniel in the lion's den with them right there in front of me and know that God's with me than to be going out through this world and everything be, being just fine without God there. Church, we need God. And, and I think this is our problem. I'm not knocking on nobody. I, I, I'm just being honest with you. I believe us in America are so spoiled. We're so spoiled that we come to a point a lot of people don't think they need God. Who's that sound like? Children of Israel done the very same thing. God took care of them. He provided for them. He even gave them food when they were in the wilderness. He allowed manna to come down. He allowed quail to come down. He gave them everything that they needed. They got spoiled, and they thought they didn't need God anymore. God's blessed us so much, and he's provided for us so much. It's time we humble our hearts, and we say, Lord, you've been so good to me. 
And it's time we give him the glory where glory's due. We're giving glory for everything else. We want to glory this one and glory that one and thank this one and thank that one. Let's thank Jesus for what he's done for us. Let's give him some honor and some glory for bringing us through to where we are today. That, that the devil, if he could have, he would have killed us a long time ago. But thank God for his grace. He's kept us alive to this day. We're still here. We're alive. We're breathing. We ought to be smiling tonight because God's on the throne tonight, church. Our world's in a mess, but God's still on the throne. We're facing a lot of struggles, but God's still on the throne. He's going to push us on. He's going to strengthen us through this journey. And by doing these things, we're going to learn to depend on Him tonight, church. Let's depend on Him to get us through. Let's trust in Him to get us all the way through to the other side. Because we know He's coming. Just as sure as we're sitting here this evening, Christ is coming. So that brings me to my last point. Now, I didn't say it. What the struggle will do, it'll teach dependence on God because here's the thing we need to realize is we need to realize that this is bigger than us we need to realize that it's way bigger than we are a lot of times we want to worry and we want to stress and we want to fret about things that we can't control don't we why not trust in the one who can control it why not just give it to him tonight and learn dependence on him the Bible tells us if you want to get technical all the way down to who we are. The Bible says in Acts 17, 28, it says, For in Him we live and move and have our being. If it wasn't for Him, we wouldn't even be here, sitting here tonight. We wouldn't even be alive. We would have never be created. We would have never even been thought of. But it's Him. By Him we live and move and have our being. So that alone ought to tell us that we need to depend on God. But unfortunately, we're hard-headed people. You don't believe me? You read in, in Israel. God called them a stiff-necked people. And I don't believe we're no different today. I believe we're stiff-necked sometimes. We're hard-headed. We're stubborn. I know I sure am. But church, we need Jesus. We need Jesus to strengthen us, to help us. But it's by Him that we even have what we have by him we have life it's by him we have breath it's by him that we have anything that we have and the Bible says as certain also at the end of that verse it says as certain also of our poets have said we are his offspring you know we were created in the image of God if it wasn't for him we wouldn't know what life is thank God that he gave us life the Bible says in Proverbs 3 and 5 you all probably know this it says trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. That's where dependence in God needs to kick in. Because if I'm going to be honest with you, there's a lot of struggles that you and me go through that I don't understand exactly why we go through. I'll have people come to me and they'll ask me that. And I'm just honest with them. I'll say, I don't have an answer. I can't tell you why you're facing this. I can't tell you why you're going through this. But I can tell you one thing. I trust in Jesus and I know if he's allowing it to happen, then he's got a good purpose for it. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Church, you see, it's not all about the circumstance and it's not all about the struggle, but it's about the one who's in control of it all. That's where our dependence needs to be. I don't understand why everything happens. You know, you look across this world and you see one of the biggest issues going on right now. You hear them talking about abortion and things. And you think about all these children, not, not only the ones that have been aborted, but you think about all the children that is in foster care and all the children that's out here that's, that, that's being hurt and they're not being taken care of. You know, I look at that in my eyes 
You know, I think, why in the world? You know, why? Why would that be going on? Why? You know, is God allowing that to happen? But then again, I can't help but think, all the way back in the garden, God gave man free will, choice. You know, it's not, it's not God's fault, but that just shows you how sin, how sin does. And people, they, they, they get wicked, and they get their heart in a place where it's not supposed to be. And they don't care about no one but them and their selves. And church, today God's left the decision up to us. And it's sad and we don't understand a lot of the struggles that we go through. But we need to learn these struggles will teach us our dependence on our God. Because it's bigger than we are. It's bigger than us. And he said, lean not into thine own understanding. Don't try to figure it out on your own. You know, don't try to figure it out. Just like you all here at Shallow in search of a pastor. You know, don't, don't try to do it on your own. Trust in God. God's going to send that person that you need. God's going to send that man that you need. If we start getting our hands in it, then we'll make a mess of it. But if we allow God to do it, then it'll be right, and it'll be perfect, and it'll be good. The devil will fight it. You'll face some heartaches. You'll face some trials. But God will see you through. Proverbs 18.10, it says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run runneth into it and is safe. Ain't you glad we have a strong tower to go to? When the struggle gets real, and my, 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 for every day that the struggle is real, it's now. But we have a strong tower that we can run to. And the Bible says when we run to it, he said, we're safe. <laughs> we're safe today. I'm glad I'm safe in the arms of Jesus, ain't you? I'm glad I'm safe in his wonderful arms. The Bible tells us here, I want to read just a couple verses in this, this passage. Um, David here, he was going through some struggles, I believe. And if anybody knew what struggle was, David did. He says in Psalm 56, 1, he said, Be merciful to me, unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. It says, Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me. O thou most high. I believe it sounds like David was at a place here. He was in trouble. He had a lot of people against him. You can read there and you can see when he went through that time in his life when Saul was trying to kill him. <clears throat> he was going to be the new king and Saul was going to get rid of him. But I love this in verse 3. He said, what time I am afraid I will trust in thee. You ever been afraid tonight, church? What time I am afraid, I'll trust in thee. Church, we all get afraid. The struggles get us weak sometimes. The struggles make us afraid. But I believe we can all be like David here. And we can make up our mind. What time I'm afraid, I'll trust in you. What time I'm afraid, Lord, my eyes are going to be on you. And that will help us with our dependence on God. He says, in God I will praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. David had his mind made up. He knew that there was one bigger than his circumstances. Do you realize that tonight? My question to you is, are you struggling? I believe we all can vouch for that. And I'd ask if each one would just bow your heads and close your eyes. If you wouldn't mind, sister, maybe get, uh, and you brother, maybe get a song of invitation ready. You know, as the brother done said tonight, this altar's open. 
I don't have to open it. Nobody has to open it. Jesus opened it over 2,000 years ago. And he opened it so that we could come. He opened it and he gave us access to God through his blood. Why do we forfeit that so much? Maybe you need help from God tonight. Would you come? Would you hit these altars and cry out to Jesus for help? Maybe you're struggling and you need strength. God will give you that strength. Do you need help? Will you stand to your feet tonight, if you don't mind, just for a few moments. I won't keep you long. Stand to your feet. Just keep your heads bowed. Have a talk.